You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. The Trek Files, Season 6, Episode 15, Journey to Babel Story Outline, June 23rd, 1967. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Well, welcome back, Star Trek fans, all you Star Trek historians, all you Canonistas, I say that lovingly. Oh, stay tuned today, folks. Yes, all you Trekophiles, I'm talking to you. We've got a wonderful special guest on today. We're going back to the roots of Star Trek that still affect us very much today. So while I get our special guest ready, as always, you can take a look at all the documents of the week right there at our main page, facebook.com slash the Trek Files. You can catch the, the documents we're talking about this week. Meanwhile, you can take a listen to an audio excerpt here, but hang on, we'll be right back with that guest. immediately a great coolness between Carrick and Spock, much more than Vulcan restraint accounts for. He's loath to inquire about it, but Spock's lovely and vivacious mother, Amanda, is not reluctant to fill in the reason. She likes Kirk and completely charms Dr. McCoy off his feet. She reveals Carrick as groomed Spock for a career in science, as worthy of Vulcan males. Wait, what? Carrick? What? What? <laughs> so Spock's father's Klingon? No, I don't think so. Yes, this is the original Journey to Babel first blush story document from the wonderful Dorothy D.C. Fontana, uh, dated June 23rd, 1967, so early in the production process. But this was where not things Vulcan were created for Star Trek, obviously, but where things Vulcan certainly bloomed because we're bringing aboard... Wow, for the first time ever, Spock's parents, Sarek and Amanda, and an even deeper dive into things Vulcan, in a way, than we got even in a muck time. Uh, so, wow, what a great way, what a great topic, and what a great way to, to introduce our guest today. Uh, I'm so excited. I've, I've wanted to talk to her for so long, finally doing it here on the Trek Files. My gosh, she's a, she's a professor emeritus of English at Murray State University in Murray, Kentucky. But uh, she is part of that, and she has her own uh, fiction series, Savage Empire. But she is part of that wonderful generation. You know, we had we had Jacqueline Lichtenberg on earlier. Jean Lore is a contemporary of Jacqueline. She wrote a spec script in 1968 called Kathy. We could ask her about that. But basically, that launched her into a wonderful that that generation of fan fiction writers who were so. Um, excited by this crazy little show called Star Trek. So anyway, enough about that. Gene, it is so wonderful to have you on the Trek Files and to finally get to meet. Thank you for thank you for being with us. Well, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> well, listen, um, tell, what was it? Tell me just a minute. You're, were you, uh, I know you were born in Canton, Ohio, but you're, you were in the great Midwest when, when Star Trek premiered. Did, did you see Man Trap when it aired, the first show? Uh, actually, I was... Uh, in graduate school at Florida State when it premiered. And uh, I was waiting for it with bated breath 
<laughs> I had read the description of it in the TV Guide preview issue, and I thought, this sounds like real science fiction, not kitty show stuff, and, and not horror. Yeah. And then it was preempted for a football game, so I didn't see it till the next <laughs> week. But when I did, I mean, I just fell in love with it. You have to realize that at, at that time, there was nothing mm -hmm. for people who loved real science fiction. It just wasn't available on television. And I guess Lost in Space didn't quite fit, fit your... <laughs> Right. Famously. Well, so what, but what was it about? Was it the whole milieu? Was it? Yes, it was, it was wonderful. And the characters, I mean, the, the ensemble cast, just incredible. And a real alien on board the ship. I mean, isn't that why we all immediately <laughs> fell in love with Star Trek? Mm -hmm. Because Spock was so fascinating. I think a lot of people would tell you different reasons, <laughs> but my, my interest here is in your interest, which that totally fits. Were you, you said grad school when Star Trek debuted, were you mm -hmm. on a, on a path to, to English and writing? Was yes. that already what was it? Okay. Yes. Because, I, because I I'm working on my doctorate. So, I mean, did you even know what a spec script was when you sent this to, when you sent to the original series? Well, I had looked up everything you could find mm -hmm. without the internet because there was no no internet but i looked up what i could find in the library and prepared it properly and so forth uh i actually got a very nice rejection letter uh -huh. <laughs> from uh from who from bob or gene or Bob uh, Jessman or Gene Roddenberry? Bob Jessman. Oh, well, see, there you go. You're the, you were among the earliest in a long, long line of people who have their rejection letters <laughs> on file or framed even. Well, I, I know that eventually, I, obviously the Vulcans and all things Spock grabbed your attention. You, you jumped in, you, you, were, you wrote, did so much fan, fan writing eventually when that got going. And, mm -hmm. and I want to talk about that, but to our document this week especially, I thought you would be interested because, again, we've had the roots of Spock out there, and Amok Time went there even more so. But I know you're, you have a big affinity for Sarek, too. So I, I'm yes. just curious about, I'm curious about everyone's reaction to reading the story document because it's like this could have been the, the motion picture version of Journey to Babel. I can tell that Bob Justman and Gene Kuhn had a fine hand in cutting down the scope a little, sadly. But um, the story is pretty much there. So I, I'm just curious about your reaction mm -hmm. to Carrick. <laughs> it's basically, uh, though, aside from that, it's basically there, isn't it? Yes, it is. And the focus is mostly on the family. I notice that as a female writer myself and having lived through the era when there weren't that many of us and we had to learn things that we, we didn't really enjoy writing fight scenes and political stuff, which I would be much more interested in today, but I wasn't <laughs> at the time. And DC Fontana was not very much older than I was. Mm -hmm. And so probably, you know, well, I, I sense the same interests in her that, that I had. Clearly, 
she was much more interested in the family dynamic. And I have had the same experience in becoming a professional science fiction writer. I had to learn to write scenes that I wasn't that interested in. I was always writing the people's story. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I had to learn how to write fight scenes. Uh, I had to learn how to work out political dynamics, that, that kind of thing. The political dynamics I've become much more interested in in later years, but at the time that I was doing this in my 20s, uh, I wasn't that interested in politics. <laughs> well, I, what was your, I mean, uh, as you were a fan and watching, you're in school, you're having to juggle your grad student load mm-hmm. with watch, getting to watch Star Trek, but I bet it was always a priority. When it wasn't being preempted by the football games. Uh, <laughs> but um, I'm just curious. So I've, I've thrown this early version of Journey to Babel at you. I mean, was there anything that surprised you here as you were as you think about watching the episode and and um, and Sarek's birth and development and Amanda and all of that? As I recall the episode, the, the past few days, I have picked up the a few scenes here and there on YouTube, but haven't watch the whole episode through but it it seems very familiar definitely recognizable as the, the the story that i recall well i mean we all we all know spock and spock attracted this following and all things vulcan and we had vulcan characters in a muck time stan and Tapring and Tapau. but mm-hmm. was there something about knowing that this was his parents and you've got jane wyman playing amanda and others have since and the great Mark uh, Leonard here, Mark Leonard playing uh, Sarek, was there something about the night you watched or even revisiting the script here that, um, like your thought, because you've enjoyed Sarek too as a character I know over the years. And, and he was, he was in, made up a, a lot of your stories too, or had, was a focus. Right. Well, the, the whole thing about, oh, look, here's a dominant, a major Vulcan male character aside from Spock. I mean, what was it that attracted you about that or thought was a story well it it was the 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 whole idea of of this family i was interested in what would it be like to grow up in a family like that what would it be like to catch your own alien uh, <laughs> and i wrote a, a series of zines in the mm-hmm. 70s uh, when, when zine culture was growing, uh, the Night of the Twin Moons. Mm-hmm. And it's all stories about Sarek and Amanda and how they met, uh, all these things. And I'll have something to say about that when we look at one of the other pieces later. Yes, uh, that's that was my point, that Sarek and Amanda wound up being a, a focus for you. Yes. Now, here's the, uh, here's the thing. By any chance, have you caught up with the updating of Sarek and Amanda in, in the early seasons of Discovery? I have only seen the first season so far. Uh, well, there's a lot there. Yes. And they, they're, they're doing my Sarek and Amanda. <laughs> I guess that means it has your approval. That's the short yes. thing. <laughs> well, what struck me, the thing out of the entire first season of Discovery, and it had its problems. They had a, you know, we, we talk about how they had a rough birth. But of everything that's unleashed there with Klingons and, and war and all the, the representation of different aspects, 
to me, the one thing that really, for the greater Star Trek universe, is what having Michael be a foster child that never gets talked about, which to me, was I was fine with that. But when the, the whole drama of Sarek and her saga with the, with the Vulcan Science Academy, as opposed to what he tried to do with Spock that we've known about for years, and I thought, oh my God, this, this, it, just layered, it just laid more layers into Sarek. I thought, oh my God, this guy, mm-hmm. yeah. is, he's either crazy or he's an amazing Vulcan or he's a psychopath or something, but he's really, <laughs> it really, really just gave much more depth to I mean, I didn't know, I didn't know what your reaction was. Well, as I said, this is my contradictory Sarek, uh, who, like father, like son, both Sarek and Spock say one thing and do another consistently when it comes to emotion and logic. Well, the idea that Sarek had, had, had differed with Spock to the point where they didn't speak for, for years and years and years because he was basically trying to manipulate him around the Vulcan Science Academy. He wants Spock to join, but Spock turns him away to go be a student there. And Michael is admitted, and he doesn't support her going. So he winds up having neither one of his children, air quotes, <laughs> having neither one of them go. And it was mm-hmm. like, wow, what a, you know, when, when Spock has his saga, or she has hers later, I, I just think it adds all kinds of depth to Sarah. I'm, I'm just amazed to hear you talk about watching and enjoying that thread of discovery uh, because, you know, it's, it's had a problematic reaction. I think it's settling down now. I was uh, intrigued to hear that you had appreciated it and I guess thumbs up, huh? Oh, yes. I think Sarek is attracted to human women mm-hmm. because he himself is a misfit in his culture. Well, it's the Night of the Twin Moons saga that you uh, put together. Is it fairly mm-hmm. easily obtainable still online? or We're trying to get it online on signgen.com, but I'm not even sure why. We had someone who was preparing it and then it somehow fell through. Well, that, that happens sometimes. Let's all, let's maybe out of getting, uh, breathing a little life here and attention to the whole Sarah Amanda saga uh, again and Vulcan things. I'd love to talk to you about. Can you come back in a future episode and talk with us? Sure. Okay. Gene, thanks so much. I've, look, I've been looking forward to finally sitting down and talking with you here this, to, in some way, and I'm so glad we were able to do it today. The Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer, Rod Roddenberry. Now, all of our documents and your chance to comment are available there at our page, facebook.com slash thetrekfiles. And for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek and Portal 47. That's me at LarryNimacek.com. Trek well, everybody. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.